Brian, how's it going? Uh, it's going all right. It's going all right. Hey, uh, sorry, jumped on a little uh, little late there. I was uh, having problems with my printer. Oh yeah, my my inkjet. What's wrong with having it? one of them problems? Um, it's been just printing like scary stories in the middle of the night. Oh, like but for some reason they're all in braille. It's oh, creepy as fuck. Yeah, it's giving me goosebumps. <sighs> Hey. Welcome, boys and girls, to another fucking mini show of Halloween's Forever. I'm Brian. I'm Steve. <laughs> New year. You, I, I didn't want to give you too much time because you were going to pick up on that one. I could tell you could, yeah. you could, I could see in your eyes. You knew where I was going. The braille, maybe that line didn't need to be there. I'm not sure. No, no, I think um, no. The braille's necessary because it needs to. Yeah, you it's need got to because the, the texture, right? You got to exactly. know the yeah. bumps. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those. It, listen, it's not. It's not. It's a. It's a. It's a mediocre piece of business, that joke right there. Um, uh, can, all I, right. can I give it maybe just a little punch up? Punch it up, baby. Punch it just, up. Just a little tiny one. Take so it to the say, writer's say, room here. Yeah, you say you say the printer is printing yeah. you out stories in Braille. Oh, what yeah, if, yeah. What if the printer is printing you out avian stories in Braille? Avian? Avian, because that's birds. Oh, goose, avian. Goose, okay. Goosebumps. It's giving yeah, me yeah, goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha, avian. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Story about geese. Mm. Yeah, it needs punched up. It needs re- <laughs> it needs reworked. Uh, welcome back with the same joke, slightly tweaked next episode. Don't worry, guys. You're bad um, knowledge vault. Our- <laughs> fix our goosebumps joke. <laughs> Please fix this joke. I need it bad. I can't start from scratch on this. <laughs> up against the deadline. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, welcome, guys, to... To another mini sode here. This is gonna be a really fun one. Um, if you didn't look at that uh, that there uh, little title on the old podcast app you just clicked on, uh, if you didn't look at that, we're gonna be talking to an old friend of the podcast, a repeat guest on the show, the director that's been on the show at this point more than anybody else. Um, we talked about his movies in the past. We talked about Carousel. We talked about Carousel 2. We talked about uh, Amityville Christmas Vacation. And we are going to have on the show once again, uh, director of the you know relatively re- recent release, Shingles the Movie, as well as Carousel 3, Premium Steve himself, Steve Radzinski, is going to be on the podcast here tonight. So we're going to jump over to our conversation with Steve here in a few minutes, guys. And we're going to talk about his uh, uh, release from earlier this year, Shingles the Movie, uh, which was really, really fun. Um, but before we do that, we got a couple other fucking little bits of business we got to deal with here first. Steve, do you got a beer? Are you consuming a beer? I'm consuming a beer. And what I you think got this there? beer might put you on your heels a little bit. Oh, no shit. All right. Because it's absolutely Zoom Zoom juice. No shit. It's Zoom Zoom juice, but it's from one of your favorite breweries. Oh, uh, now, I'm, now I'm all horned up. What do you got? Yeah. Uh, it is a Belgian style golden ale aged in bourbon barrels, 10.2%. Okay. Can I guess? Go ahead. 
is this uh, Allagash Curio? It is Allagash Curio. Ooh, called it. Yeah, there's not a lot of Belgian gold nails aged in bourbon barrels out there, and that not also would be characterized as my favorite brewery. I actually was fortunate enough <laughs> to drink that beer right out of the barrels with a whiskey thief with Rob Todd at Allagash Ooh. one time, and it was so fucking much fun, and we got drunk um rob todd's like my fucking beer hero as well so that was super super fun and i'm going up there next week i'll Sick. be up in uh in, in in maine i'll be in actually i'll be more in uh like the banger area i'm gonna shoot up to salem mm-hmm. uh on the on the way up there because we're going into boston and then we're gonna drive up to maine so we're gonna shoot over to salem do some spooky shit maybe fucking you know hail satan for a while summon some demons and then i think me and my brother are gonna go on a little uh stephen king uh, a guided tour oh. around Bangor and go to some of the the dairy quote unquote dairy uh, locations from some right. of his books. So this should be really fun. Yeah. Um. So I'll be up in Allagash Country. Nice. Yeah, I picked this one up with the Allagash Day's End, and mm-hmm. it's because like there's one giant eagle that has like the dog shittest mix and match selection, mm-hmm. but also because it's the dog shittest, sometimes they just don't know what they have. And they'll just yeah. This is the places where you were getting like stovepipes of like yeah. <laughs> big bad Baptist or some shit. Right, I yeah. don't remember. Yeah, they just yeah. don't. They just don't know what they have. So sometimes they just put like total grenades in there from really mm-hmm. good breweries, and you go, well, yeah, of course I'm gonna take you for all your money on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two dollar dollar ninety nine. You know, uh, curio or whatever. I'll yeah. take that shit all day. Yeah, dollar ninety nine curio and day's end. All right, <laughs> suckers. You know, you know what's weird? Curio is legit one of my favorite beers in the world. It mm-hmm. is world-class beer it's 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 unbelievable beer but if almost anywhere else in the world i was and somebody was like you want to try my bourbon barrel aged golden strong ale i'd go no dude fuck you (laughs) 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 because just no one's going to be able to pull that off that is like maybe the most impossible thing to pull off and they do it so well and that beer is ah chef's kiss yeah kiss yeah it's it's got all that it's got all that lovely funk on the nose and like it's not too hot and it's yeah it's a great beer yeah it's got bourbon character but Mm -hmm. it's subtle like they just know how it's like allagash white they know how to do subtlety Mm -hmm. which very few american breweries know how to do which is which is very cool speaking of new england we've got a little theme going here i am actually uh i'm drinking a sighty one of them sighty boys but i have not had this one before um guys it's it's mid uh august it's mid to late august at this point which means it's pretty much fall which means it's you know listen i'm already shitting green because i'm eating only blueberry yeah uh you would think blueberry would make your shit blue Mm no makes it green um uh and i'm drinking some cites i've got uh this is the first one i've had from shaxbury cider um which is from vermont where in vermont oh shaxbury cider Oh my gosh, Virginay, Virgines, Vermont. I don't know. No idea. Um, Shaxbury. This is it's called the Gold Standard Classic Dry. I'm sorry, Classic Dry Cider, the Gold Standard. I don't know if it's called Classic or it's called the Gold Standard, but I think Hmm. it's called Classic because it's big letters. But it's a dry cider, and that's what attracted me to it because um, I love a dry cider, and you just can't find that many. So many of them are just candy sweet. Yeah. This is really, really nice. I could drink a whole fucking mess of this. And what's the ABV on it, too? Now I'm curious. Ooh. 5.2. Pretty oh, moderate. that's not bad at all. You could crush these. Yeah. So it's uh, quite nice. I grabbed some Cites, some pumpkin beers, 
all that yummy stuff from from vintage estates. So yeah. working my way through those. Yeah, anytime I think dry cider, I think of like fighting Alec from Arsenal in mm-hmm. our area. And like mm-hmm. that one's like eight to ten percent or some shit like that. So that's like, a big son of a bitch. It's, yeah. It's this good, is like but also it'll, you know, knock you out. Yeah. No, this is super sessionable. Uh USDA organic guys too, if that's if that's important to you. Yeah, check this one out. It's fucking really good. Um, they had a few ciders from this spot. I'm definitely going to go back and check them out, um, pick up a few more. So first sighty of the season, boys. First nice. sighty of the season. First sighty um, for you. <laughs> of me, of me, or for yeah. me, for me. Um, <laughs> I was drinking that crazy coffee pepper cider, <laughs> coffee cherry peppers, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you were drinking some gloop glop cider fucking since the jump. Yeah. Um, okay. A um, couple other things we got to do. First of all, uh, guys, we have a topic for our September showdown. I am hard to believe we're already talking about September. September, that's fucking full on spooky season. Mm-hmm. People like to argue with me when I say August to be a spooky season. They say, no, it's not. That's summer. And I say, shut your fucking mouth right now. Um, but September, can't even argue. That's full on. That's when the fall starts, brother. Mm-hmm. So I know that that's when spooky season starts. And don't come at me about it. Um, that is going to be, and, and we know what our showdown topic for September is going to be. Before we do that, to remind you, if you want to help us pick these here showdown topics in the future, or you want to suggest any topics for, for mini shows or whatever, um, follow us on the social medias, on the Instagrams, on the Twitters or the X's, TikToks. We even got a, a what the fuck is the other one? I always forget the name of the threads. Threads. The threads. Shit, shit, shit has been tight. Continues to be tight on the threads. Um, and then, uh, and then, if you want to shoot us an email, um, Halloween is forever pod at gmail.com. You can do that as well. Send us some suggestions. We put them on a big old spinny ass wheel on the internet. We spin that wheel. We get three topics. We put them on the social medias, on our Instagram stories and on a Twitter poll. We combine those votes. And whoever, uh, whichever of those three uh, is the top vote getter, that's our showdown topic for the month. Steve, myself, whoever the hell our guest is, we each pick a movie, show, uh, whatever the fuck uh, pick that is associated with that topic. Uh, we all watch all them movies or episodes or whatever the hell they are. And then uh, we, during that showdown episode, we we argue, we go wild, we fucking hang vertical suplex each other on the thumbtacks and barbed wire and all that stuff. Somebody takes home that son of a bitch and strap for the month. Uh, this is a weird month, guys, because uh, Anthony, our guest from last, uh, they call that movie um, uh, from, from August, he took home that son of a bitch and belt. So we're, we're feeling a little empty. We're feeling a little depressed. We're feeling a little naked over here. The belt not being not being with uh, with Steve or myself. So we're going to take that some bitch back um, in September. And the topic with which we were going to take that some bitch and strap back uh, was pretty much a runaway. I'll remind you real quick what the topics were. We had 80s slasher one hit wonders, which is basically any 80s slasher movie that didn't have a sequel, didn't have a franchise built around it, didn't have, you know, remakes and all those sorts of things. It was just a one hit wonder, one and done type of situation. And it, and it deserves a little bit more attention. We also had horror comedies and we had horror noir. So that was, you know, uh, uh, black horror, African-American, uh, horror, um, but uh, not surprising, 80 slashers, one hit wonder really ran away with it because, you know, the kids on the streets, they do like 
uh, the 80s horror, the 80s slasher movies. So that should be a fun one for the month of September. And then I guess we it, we got a little time to think about it. Are we going to do uh, are we going to go back to the old John Carpenter uh, uh, fishbowl in October again? So we did that a couple times. Yeah, we, we've done that a couple times. And I think we're a little bit almost out. I have things, are getting, I, things a little thin over there, little thin. And I have an idea for something special for mm. October that we can talk about. I don't know if I'm ready to okay. reveal it yet. OK, OK, OK. But I, 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 I want to start maybe adding some new match types, you know, oh. if, if we're bringing in new guests, because and this is partly because Anthony took home the title from us. Son of I a think bitch. I think at some point we have to have some sort of unification match. Oh, yeah. We'll have to have a unification like match. But also, I, I I think October is a good chance to have, you know, a, a, something special for the audience because it is October. So, uh, right. you know, I think I think. But what I have in mind, though, we can't go back to the John Carpenter wheel. We, we are going to have to do something else. We need like a big birth yeah. of movies that we yeah. can grab from. We need something. We need something different because we thinned we thinned that some bitch out over the last two years. Yeah. Maybe we do a Royal Rumble type situation here on the on the Discord, where every three minutes, every six minutes, uh, maybe we got to stretch it out to ten. A new person comes on and argues theirs, and then the then the people on that, the <laughs> on the that, Discord pick it, and then that person gets kicked out, yeah. and it's a and it's a Royal Rumble situation. That's definitely that's definitely an idea I had as well. Is yeah. a yeah. Royal Rumble match, and I think that's like. We could do that in January to help people mm. get through the January doldrums. So I like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at. I'm so looking you're at saying ladder new, match. You're yeah. saying ladder match. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking new match types. You know, how do we get this yeah. going? Because like electrocution know, match, Texas death yes. match, <laughs> old time WCW electrocution match. Three three cages stacked on top of each other. David Arquette, <laughs> you know, Oliver Platt coming off. I will rule you, diamond upside down as a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like where this is going. It's going to get fucking unhinged during spooky season this year, guys. All right. So if you got any suggestions for 80 slasher one hit wonders, I got a couple, you know, rolling around the old noggin. If you got any suggestions, if you want to send them to me, send them to Instagram. If you want to send them to Steve, send them over on the on the X, formerly known, the artist formerly known as Twitter. Send them our way. We'll take them into consideration. I've not wrapped up my choice, but next week's showdown, we will tell you what that what our what our picks are going to be so okay uh also uh for those of you who are new uh maybe you have or maybe you took a little break unacceptable first of all Mm-mm. don't let it happen again um but if you have we got a patreon now guys this is the time to sign up for the patreon because spooky season is coming we're gonna have some extra special uh content for our patreon subscribers uh, you go to Halloween is forever. Uh, I'm sorry. Patreon.com forward slash Halloween is forever. Um, Steve, St- Steve, tell the folks what kind of what kind of bullshit you cooked up over there for us on the Patreon. Hell yeah. So if you come over on our Patreon and you sign up, we got two tiers right now for now. Mm-hmm. First tier scamps three dollars a month. Scamps, 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 scamps. You sign up sorry, to be I a scam. Put a e- I put a little echo on there. That's for okay. You. Yeah. You got to sell it. Sell it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But. You know, you sign up to be a scamp, you get a couple, two, three extra things. You're going to have ad-free episodes. You're mm-hmm. going to have, uh, like, an extra vote when it comes to voting for what? showdowns. What? You- <laughs> what? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> oh, 
you're going to have and like, uh, you know, a couple extra articles here and there. Like I do extra reviews for movies that, you know, don't make the show, things like that. Mm-hmm. But bread and butter is $5 rascal tier. Sign up on the rascal tier. Get all the things I just mentioned. Oh, yeah. Then you rascal. get on the discord. Get on the discord. You can be a rascal on the discord. You can be a rascal with us. You can talk to us. Mm-hmm. You can talk to Just us during rascally shows. stuff. Yeah. yeah. You can watch shows live, which gets you all kinds of fun things like watching us drink the beers, looking what our guest is up to, seeing how our guest. I'll show you my nipples. Yeah. You can see, you can see <laughs> Brian's nipples and you can see all his Halloween stuff. You They're can bigger see- than you think. <laughs> and they point inward. You wouldn't know. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't know that they are inverted. One of them is. I'll never tell. <laughs> It's up for you to find Which out. Which one, I mean. <laughs> but you get all that. You get all the Discord benefits. And you also get the monthly exclusive Family is Forever podcast. Oh, boy. Where we watch all of the Fast and the Furious franchise. And Brian hates <laughs> not his back life. Not back to back to back. Not, no. not in, not in succession. Because if that was the case, I would already, I would already been dead. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is, uh, we, we've done one. We did the first episode. It's already out. We did that in uh, in July, and then we're about to do too fast, too furious uh, for uh, for September, and then I think we're going for Tokyo Drifting for August. I'm sorry, yeah. in September we're going Tokyo Drifting, right? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, and then for yeah. October, these movies we'll suck, in- guys. Don't <laughs> think they're good. They're bad. <laughs> they're all bad. I've only seen one, and I can tell they're all bad. But it is fun to talk about them and talk about how fucking stupid they are and how much I hate them. So that was fun. Look, I, I am excited because September, we're going Tokyo Drifting. October, mm-hmm. that's when we get the gritty reboot. And then November, <laughs> we get Fast Five. Fast Five is Ugh. when it all takes off. That's, that's when Is that it, when shit, like, shit gets popping? This is when shit gets popping. Okay. So November, man, that's what it's going to be. But you got to sign up now. Get on this. Mm. Don't fall behind. Get, get on the gr- ground level, guys. Got to get on the ground level. Um, all right. Yeah. So if you like the show and if you want to hear more of us, you know, support your boys, go over on the, uh, Halloween's forever, uh, uh, Patreon, it's patreon.com forward slash Halloween's forever. Help us out. Throw us a few bucks, a few paper monies. We'll give you some content. It'll be fun. Um, all right. Anything else before we jump into our, uh, our interview? Nah, we're solid. Yeah, I think we're all wrapped up here. All right, guys, we are going to jump over to our interview and our discussion uh, of Shingles, the movie from earlier this year, and our discussion with director and Bangoria Chainsaw Award winner, uh, Steve Rudzinski. Ladies and gentlemen, let's jump on over and listen to that song, bitch. All right. Welcome once again, Premium Steve. We got our old pal, Premium Steve, back here. I'm back, baby. <laughs> we got a whole assortment <laughs> of Steves here. Uh, I love it. I lo- listen, every once in a while, I get to be in a Steve sandwich, and I get to be the meat, baby, and here we are. Um, so uh, we got our old friend uh, back on the show to talk about a new movie um, that uh, just released not terribly long ago, and then some some upcoming uh, projects. Uh, for those uh, of you who have been faithful fans of the show, not these son of a bitch and bandwagon Halloween fans that come around like leafers up in New upstate New York. 
just showing up in the spooky season. For the for Yinsu, uh, who listen to the show on the regular, Steve's been on a couple times. We talked about um, uh, a couple of his flicks most recently. We talked about, I'm trying to remember the order. We talked about Amityville Christmas Vacation, I think, last time around, right? Yes. Yeah. Which is what this guy's for. <laughs> yeah. I was just about to bring that up. That's awesome because we also covered the uh, Fangoria Chainsaw Awards uh, on which you were a, a guest and a, 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 an award recipient. Yes. And also, we agreed and we're biased because obviously we know you, but we we've said you stole the show. It was by far the fu- the best the best segment. So yeah, tell, I would love to hear a little bit of, before we get into the uh, shingles the movie, uh, which is your uh, your your most recent one. T- tell us about that experience. That had to be pretty pretty fun. Uh, yeah, so uh, I was reached out to by the you know the editor in chief of Fangoria, and he let me know. Well, first they let me know that I was nominated, which was nice. Um, mm-hmm. And the he sent me a message on Twitter saying like, hey, so you won. You know, like we count on the votes, you you win by far, which mm-hmm. was a nice feeling because I definitely told my fans. But there's also a lot of total strangers on Twitter saying, like, no, seriously, this is the best one. Like, <laughs> I'm voting for this one. Please vote for this one. This one's actually good out of this selection. Um, I was like, OK, great. He's and he says, sorry. So are you local in L.A.? Because uh, we're going to be doing the award show here and i was like no i'm not i'm in the pittsburgh area but you know the you know the award shows in may i can definitely fly out he's like actually the award show is next weekend in march (laughs) that's Um, nice it's always nice to hear because we have to we shoot it in march so that we can get it all cut together and ready for may and good thing they did because of the strikes they wouldn't be able to do the show at all Right. That's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of people calling Fangoria scabs and shit and everyone like everyone had to be like, no, we shot this in March. We, we shot this before. Yeah. Do you, strike, do you know how produ- like you can tell it's not live, right? I yeah. mean, <laughs> yeah. um, you dumb bastards. But anyway, so I was like, well, I he said I could just set in a video acceptance. But I was like, no, I got to I got to be there. I've never mm-hmm. believed that I would get a Fangoria Chainsaw Award. You know, this is this is the Oscars. <laughs> For poor guys, you know, so like, yeah, nah, yeah, I'll get out there. It was the most expensive plane ticket I ever bought because I've never bought a plane ticket with less than four months notice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was great. Uh, my wife came home that day and said, hey, so um, next Friday I'm flying to California. Also, side mm-hmm. note, I asked, like, so where in L.A. is it? Because I really want to know where I can fly into. And he said, it's actually in Burbank. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Fucking hate mm-hmm. LAX. Any excuse to fly yeah. to Burbank is a five out of five. Um, <laughs> but my wife gets home and I'm like, hey, so next Friday I'm flying to Southern California because we won. Uh, so I got to go to the award show and accept it so that I can be a clown and get attention. <laughs> uh, and she says, OK, I wish I can go with you, but I can't afford that. I can't do it with short notice. Just do me a favor and don't go to Disneyland without me. <laughs> I already asked my friend Kyle who lives up there and I haven't seen and I bought two Disneyland tickets before you even came home <laughs> yeah late, you can't put that up yeah if you would have said it before the tickets of course I would have yes. taken that in consideration uh, and it probably ignored it um, yeah so, not saying yeah. it would have followed it but you're taking it into consideration on the Friday smooth flight Went to Disneyland a great time. Didn't get to stay as long as yeah. I usually do because I was exhausted and I landed later than I would have liked to get to the park. But it was great, great choice. Glad I did it. Rode Splosh, mm-hmm. Splash Mountain one last time before the reset. Mm. Well, there you go. I'd never gotten a drop of water on me the entire time I've ridden that ride and all the 28 times I've been to that park. 
it made up for lost time my last ride because i was soaked <laughs> head to toe soaked I've never been to Disneyland. I've been to Disney World. I actually just went in October and uh, and we didn't. I, my kids are too young and they, they wouldn't be down for it. But I do remember it as a kid riding it. And I feel like I got wet, but that might have just been me like imagining everything way more dramatic than it actually was. Well, I mean, I think um, part of it was just I always like strategize. I was like, oh, I'm going to stay in here so that I'm in the back. And then when I'm in the back, I'm going to lift my feet up underneath the ramps. And since I'm in the back, <laughs> I'm the water splashing the people in front of me. Draws a bone, baby. That's I just like the ride. This time I was put in the front. Yeah. Oh, that's the ticket. All right. And that'll do it. Anyway, but yeah, so that was a great day. Um, Autumn Ivy, uh, they live at the time they lived like more in Arizona. And it was the same thing. The Fango guy was like, oh, Adam, we've worked with you before. You're in LA, right? Come to the award show. And they were like, no, even Arizona. But they reached out to me and was like, would it be okay if I come? Because this is your movie. I just kind of made a came in. I said, hell yeah, because I'll I'll be alone. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, a lot easier to stand up there uh, shoulder to shoulder with somebody, I'm sure. Right. So they came out. And um, so a guy that I know is might be a reason why I got nominated. Hell yeah, nepotism. Uh, Michael (laughs) Verratti, he directed the award show. And he's actually the voice. If if you've watched my older stuff, he's been the voice of one of the spook faces in my old Survivors Internet movie. And he is the Mm. voice of um, Dusty the Gnome in Shingles the Movie. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. There you go. And yeah. he writes a bunch of Christmas rom-coms, and apparently the Fangoria editor was on Michael's ass about writing an Amityville Christmas movie, and then as soon as I released mine, Michael went, buckle up! <laughs> <laughs> it's done by this guy. But I reached out to him and said, hey, so I have an idea for a bit, but it's your show. And, like, I don't yeah. want to step on anyone's toes. I don't want to get you in trouble. I don't want to, like make this a disaster i don't want to cut go over time like here's my idea and i told it to him he's like hey we'll do that (laughs) i'm like great yeah that's what i was gonna ask i wondered if you if you pitched if you pitched the bit because you know for those of you listen to the episode go back and 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 let's do it for a little more detail if you want but you know the 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 category you won for was best amityville right and then you came up and, and you know kind of um we're, we're the voice of, of Christmas spirit, if you will. You kind of started doing the monologue from Scrooge yes. and all that stuff. And uh, I, you know, Steve and I were uh, uh, we were speculating. We were like, I, I bet he pitched that bit. I bet he pitched oh, yeah. that bit to him. <laughs> um, yeah. It was great. You know, um, you know, the presenter played along and everything. Uh, I, I had the whole speech memorized. If you yeah. want to let me go. I would have been in tears by the end of it, but I would have yeah. done the whole thing for Fangoria's Chainsaw <laughs> Awards. No, it was it was perfect. Like I said, super endearing moment, really genuinely funny moment. And uh, yeah, we were just it was just uh, we were psyched. We were psyched to, to see it. And uh, to I see had to do on, it. I love that speech. There. Like unironically, I love that speech. Brings me to tears every time I watch the movie. I oh, it's amazing! Christmas. Yeah. My movie was a Christmas movie, so I was just like, I'm going to have the spotlight. I'm going to thank like the three people that matter, and then mm-hmm. I'm going to go right into it as fast as possible, so that I can get through as much as possible for. And Michael, I just like just give me a few moments, and then just signal for me to get taken off. And he's like, Yeah, absolutely. So that's what happened, yep. and it was perfect. And I just kept on yelling it as I was being pulled away. It cracked <laughs> yeah. me up on the spot. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was a lot of people again on Twitter were like that was amazing who is this guy and I, that made me feel good i like that yeah i, de- I yeah, definitely I mean, saw a lot of like uh just regular people on twitter that i don't think was connected to you just being like 
that's the, that's the speech from Scrooge. Is he just like <laughs> as people were like live tweeting the show? <laughs> mm-hmm. I appreciate enough people got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was it was great. But yeah, it was great. Well, it, I hung out for a while. Hung out with you know like the writer of Megan, um, and you know the one actress from it. Mm-hmm. Um, got mm-hmm. to meet you know quite a few people, and I won't name every name, but it was great to hang out with a bunch of really awesome people some of whom i've looked up to and you know we were just all there as peers so that was really cool yeah the best part was after i did my bit crew members came up to me and said that was funny and crew members never fucking lie to you right <laughs> like there was no reason for crew to ever kiss your butt so when they said that was funny i was like oh okay thank god <laughs> yeah they, they got no skin in the game yeah. they got they're getting paid they don't give a shit yeah they're, do, they're um, doing union so yeah. job they're there for this thing and then they'll be on something completely different the next exactly. day don't give a shit <laughs> right and i had in and out as my victory dinner which is fantastic oh there you go yeah. Do you, do you go to the one by the airport? You got to watch out. They'll straight break into your car. Because that's like near the airport is in this sense. Well, you didn't go through LAX. So no. the one by LAX, uh, that's the one everyone goes to on the way to LAX and gets their car broken into and gets their luggage stolen. <laughs> Somebody's yeah. got a sweet grift going at that in and out where they just hey, steal tourist luggage. <laughs> yeah, they're making a living on. It. Um, <clears throat> that's awesome. Yeah, we were. Um, we were super psyched to see that, and it was that was it was fun covering that, uh, covering the uh, uh, the the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards too, because it's you know we didn't do it in the past, and it was something you know we've been watching since since yeah. I was a kid. So, um, surprise, one cool. of your guests was on it. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing, and and we actually had a, a um, uh, oh my gosh, his name is escaped me the the director of uh, uh, the sadness. Oh, Rob Jabaz. Well. He, he, Rob Jabaz, who was a guest on the show, he uh, he was nominated, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, as well. So we were like, oh, look at us. We got a couple of couple of big shots uh, on the old podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, I believe he was nominated um, for first time feature because the sadness was his right. first feature. Yep, 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 yep. And then something that wasn't as good one. I don't remember what it was. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, that's how it goes sometimes. Let's talk about uh, Shingles the movie. Absolutely. Um, so before we do that, because I hate waiting until the end, because I always forget and wait till the end. Um, before you explain to us, you know, shingles, because there's there's some explanation to to take place here. Tell tell uh, the folks where they can find this movie and really any of your movies before we get too deep in. And then I completely forget. Absolutely. So shingles, the movie is sold physically uh, by the clients who hired me to make the movie. So if you go to shingles, you got to buy the DVD or the Blu-ray from them. Uh, it is also mm-hmm. on my streaming service, stevebuster.com. It is there in 4K. There's also an extended uncut sex scene only on Steve Buster that they had me trim down for the official release. <laughs> um, is this a gnome? Is a, is a gnome involved in the yes. sex scene by chance? Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. All right. Gotcha. 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 Um, and of course, it is currently on Tubi uh, and it's available yeah. for to rent on Amazon uh, video as well. So you have a b- bunch of options for shingles wherever you want to check it out legally mm-hmm. uh, without ad blocker. You know, you have all those mm-hmm. options and, you know, all my other movies, including the just released Cares Hell 3 is on mm-hmm. careshell.com or silverspotlightfilms.com. They both lead to the same store. Nice. Yeah, I have. I'm excited to uh, we've covered uh, Carousel 2. Well, I think we, we covered, covered them, right? One and two both? at the same time. Yeah. And then that led us oh, to have right. Steve on for Amityville. And it's like, yeah, at, that's at right. that time, I think you were either either just starting production or in the middle per middle of production of shingles and now it's yes. like almost a year later and you have 
Shingles is out and everybody's watching it. And like you just said, Carousel 3 is releasing on different platforms. I think you mentioned Carousel 3 will be up on Steve Buster September 1st. For yeah, people yeah. who want to watch it that way. Now came out Friday and digitally it'll be on Steve Buster September 1st. And I did submit it for the streaming services, but that's always like out of my hands. I never right. know. I never have a date. Like room work was even yeah, like so when it's gonna streaming date. I'm like, do you understand that they don't tell us? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah hold them. on. Let me let me call let me call one eight hundred Tubi and ask them. Hey, Mr. Tubi. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Tubi Esquire. Um but yeah, the um uh yeah, and or and you know, just for some information or whatever, you you know, you Google Steve Radzinski, you're gonna find some stuff on on the movies. I, I got the IMDB page up here right now. Fantastic uh cover on this i i i got the d or bought the dvd of shingles the movie and the cover the look on ben we'll talk about ben who <laughs> me up. uh the look on his fucking face on the front is hilarious i did i designed that cover so i'm glad you like it oh it's great it's beautiful it's beautiful so yeah tell tell the tell the folks about like you know shingles and and the involvement with uh yeah it's, it's kind of an you know a project that has lived in you know, literary form. And then now, obviously, that's why it's colon the movie, right? Yes. Yes. So it's this group called Authors and Dragons. Um, and Shingles is mostly the brainchild of one specific author, Robert Bevan. But it apparently had been their dream for a while to do a Shingles movie, to kind of make an anthology, take a few of the books, put it together in one script and make it a movie. But they had no idea how to start. They didn't know what step one was. They didn't know who to go to. They didn't know how to make a movie. And they had discovered Kara's Hell because they do like a bad movie watch Saturdays, apparently, where they watch and rip on movies like MST3K. And the yep. fan, two of their fans suggested Kara's Hell. You guys got to watch Kara's Hell, Kara's Hell. And it was apparently their worst episode ever because they were just watching the movie and laughing. <laughs> like they weren't <laughs> cracking jokes. And I get, yeah. I get, and they had me on their show on like their podcast as a guest to talk about the movie. And I talked about the budget and like the scheduling and how I did it and how long it took and yada, yada, yada. And I guess apparently yeah. once I got off the air privately, they were like, I think this is the guy that could make shingles. I, mm-hmm. I was on pre-production for Carousel 2 at that point. So I'm in production for Carousel 2. I'm making Carousel 2. We're in editing. They reach out to me and say, hey, we really want to make a shingles movie. We want to hire you as the producer and director. We have a script. Here's the, can we give you the script and you put together like a budget? And I'm like, yes. So I got Scott Lewis. I got Aline Isley, kind of like my my Trinity at the time. And mm-hmm. like I gave them a very detailed spreadsheet of what each story would cost, what my salary would be, Scott's salary, Elaine's salary, because I needed her as a production manager. I wouldn't have been able to do a project this big all by myself. Um, and went back to them with it. Now, I will say first, the middle story was different. It wasn't Aliens, Rector Kegger. It was um, Slaughter on Giggle Time Mountain. And okay. it was a great story. I loved it. It was my favorite one. But it would have been more, that 20 minutes of the movie would have been more expensive than all of Kara's Hell. <laughs> yeah because it, it took place in an amusement park yeah there was three human slashers one supernatural slasher and like 40 people there because they were reopening the park and there was going to be a bunch mm-hmm. of killing and i was just like hey guys so i'll make this because this is awesome are you comfortable with spending five figures on only this story right yeah um, if you can get it, great. If not, you might want to switch it out. So that's what they did. They basically went with a B script then, 
um, which was Aliens Worked Our Kegger and held on to the Ace Group just in case they got that much money together or they didn't, which is fine. Maybe down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I went through the script and once they were serious about it, because like we pitched them a real number, we pitched them, you know, like it's going to be like $50,000 to make this movie because you have all mm-hmm. these characters and all these locations and you want me to do all this stuff and Scott's going to have to do all this stuff, yada, yada, yada. And I said, yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's less than we expected, which is true, because if they went to anyone else, I guarantee they would have been like half a million dollars, $150,000 easily. Um, But I said, okay, great. So sign the contracts. We released Carousel 2, and then like two months later, we were in pre-production officially for Shingles the movie. Um, It's it's their script, but I definitely touched it up a bit, because the original script was like 300 pages. And I was like, I'm not going to make an indie horror comedy over two hours long so it's an hour 57 minutes so i cut out some scenes. he squeaked under there yeah <laughs> yeah i cut out some scenes i cut out some like characters that were just there because i guess they appeared in the book but like they literally showed up to say a line i'm like i'm not gonna hire an actor for 75 dollars to 100 dollars mm-hmm. for their day rate to step onto set for five minutes and save you money mm-hmm. here uh and little stuff like adding in a couple jokes that i liked um taking out a couple of the more offensive jokes that i didn't like and well and that's kind of i guess that's that's the and i know you know i'm more familiar with your work than i am with uh with shingles and the stories and stuff but that's that's a little bit their flavor right it's yes. a lot of like a, a offensive gross out that is uh, type completely of like a flavor at, for shingles yeah 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 so and, and and i should say for the for the people at home or for the listeners like you know th- it's it's essentially like an adult uh a really um uh a kind of and I mean this in the nicest way, like sleazy take on goosebumps. Yes. Right. Yeah. So like, yeah, the, the um, obviously like part of the shock value, part of the sense of humor is, yeah, I mean, listen, there's a there's a scene where um, uh, a, a lawn gnome is getting his asshole licked um, and while someone's snorting cocaine, you know, like it's that sort of <laughs> right. thing. Right. It's that sort of. So it's, it's I can still, only imagine some of the things that got cut yeah, out. But it's still like the tropes <laughs> that you remember from Goosebumps of ventriloquist dummies, lawn gnomes. Yeah. Like a lot of those were lawn like, gnomes coming to life. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot of the you know, the seminal characters from those books, but like retranslated into this terrible sleaze and even though steve mm-hmm. is saying like he cut he cut a lot of offensive jokes there's still a lot of fucking just <laughs> gross oh, yeah. out and just well, like i definitely <laughs> didn't want to change the tone of what the fans of shingles right. wanted you know this was the first of course not, from, yeah. like my own sequels this was definitely the first time i've made a movie that already had an established fan base and expectations and like and fans mm-hmm. all over the world like when they have their own authors and dragons convention people are flying in from like singapore and like the uk like oh, wow. like people care about this stuff so it was definitely mm-hmm. a case for like i don't want to change the soul of what these books are i don't want to change the soul of what the movie's supposed to be but at the same time mm-hmm. a for marketing reasons some of this more offensive stuff has to go and mm-hmm. you know b um it's not my style completely mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, yeah, the yeah. work for hire. I'm the director. I'm not the writer. Right. Uh, so I wanted yeah, to yeah. do what they wanted to do, and stuff like that. Um, they also don't really like. They really dislike Zack Snyder's movies. So I put in more than one line about Zack Snyder's <laughs> movies in the film, <laughs> and then deliver to them without them knowing. Just being like, "Here's the final cut. Can't change anything." <laughs> boop boop boop. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> so what? So what Steve is really saying is some things in Shingles the books are exactly like Cormac McCarthy's Blood Meridian. It's completely unfilmable. <laughs> <laughs> Some of it is. 
All the yeah. characters were supposed to be like 11 year old kids. Right. Yeah. And that was one of my first lines in the sand, just being like, I'm not going to be around a bunch of children, have them say this heinous stuff about molestation and mm-hmm. racism. And like my line yeah. in the sand is we need to say that these characters are 16 so that I can hire adults. Like, right. First yeah. big change that I'm saying you got to make. And they were all like, yeah, that that's fine. That makes sense. And also it's just easier because when you work with kids, there's like more laws, even if you're not in union, when it comes to like how many hours the kids can work, you know, not shooting mm-hmm. at night and several of these scenes had to be at night. So sure. it was easier, but fortunately they agreed. Yeah. And I was able to work with really talented adults like Jenny Hoppus and Ben Deedles, Penny and Sonny. Honestly, he sold the show as his like first feature. Nice. Yeah. And I love, there's nothing funnier to me than, you know, uh, and I don't know how old Ben is. I imagine he's around our age, you know, f- maybe 40 year old man per- <laughs> yeah. with a stubble pretending to be 16 and talking like a child. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that, that alone to be playing teenagers. That was me. Right. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. the little finger point to the side. is, just, <laughs> And then point at right, Ben. Yeah. yeah. It was very funny. And then also, uh, like I'm you're saying, annoying because like a lot of reviewers are like, oh, all these like 30 year old adults are playing kids. I'm just like Ian's 19 when we shot this movie. Jenny's just <laughs> turned 21. And I think Jake was like 20. So like everyone's yeah. just shy of being a teenager. Only Ben was a seventy-five-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> but he's but he's got those boyish good looks. Yeah. He can he pull does. it off. He I does. Mean, come on. I, I'll um, say I'll say Jenny though is also like I think Ben and Jenny are the two like standouts for me in this film. Um, but there's just yeah. something yep. f- hilarious about Jenny's character being so obtuse and just unaware that it comes off incredibly childlike but it's like yes god you should know so much better you know because she looks older it's like what the hell (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i just genuinely enjoyed the uh, which i assume this is a character in the books that her name is buick yeah (laughs) because it's like you know i i grew up listen i grew up uh we've talked about this in the show Steve and I both grew up just very white trash, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, very, you know, I grew up in a very rural environment and all this stuff. So, I had a lot of uh, Mercedes, you know, and uh, and and stuff <laughs> like that. Like, I grew up, you know, stuff like Nate, children named after cars, not that far out, but mm-hmm. something about the bluntness of Buick. Just, uh, just, <laughs> and you, you just, know. you can, it's like one you can st- only assume that's where she was conceived. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's what you got to assume, right? Yeah, that was actually um, a change from the books, but that was a change that the writer made. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, I think in the book her name was something like very simple, like Sarah or something. And then Steve mm. Weatherall, he's the guy who wrote the book. Uh, Put your hand on my ass. He's the one that basically wrote the screenplay. Okay, and adapted yeah. the book, so he changed some stuff up and he changed the character's name to Buick, which I thought worked great. Like, you know, mm. Bevan even came up to me. He's like, what do you think about the name Buick? I'm like, I mean, I was saying you're not a huge fan because he changed your character's name. But I think that's way funnier and really hammers home what kind of character this is. Mm-hmm. Well, and also the, the the character's father is a character that never appears on screen, but you hear so much about. Yes. And he's like a total piece of shit, you know, and but he is I've never seen this character. He never appears on screen. But you got to assume he's the type of person who name his child. Buick. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, yeah, so I, I wanted to go through. I, we won't go through super, you know, su- you know, super in depth, obviously. But um, the first one is the only one that I didn't write down the name of the book, which was the Christmas Zombie Story. Yes, that, the name that's of the, the book? Legend of Jimmy Headshot. 
Hedge. I knew did the name Jimmy. Yeah. So it's kind of this uh, this quick kind of come up type of story. Uh, teenage boy, um, you know, the zombie apocalypse starts and he's like, I've been waiting for this motherfucker. It just starts just shitting all over his parents, saying the most horrible things to them, which, you know, this like, uh, you know, young, you know, kind of I don't want to say nerdy, but kind of innocent looking young guy. You're just saying these horrible things to his parents. Um you know, which was which it's was an a lot Xbox of Live I, kid. We know the type. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, an edge yeah. and, he's, and he's, he goes by his. Yeah, he's an he edge word. The N word a lot. Yeah, <laughs> screams it into his headset <laughs> on you know every five to ten minutes. Uh, but yeah, his name is Jimmy Headshot. That is his gamer tag, and uh, he's you know uh, assumed learning uh, learned all this stuff from his years and years of of gaming. Um, the the second one, which was I, I want to say the probably the longest one of the lot. It was uh, yeah. close to it. Yeah, which is. Um, the uh, uh, the one with Ben, the uh, put your, uh, hand, on stick your hand up my ass, yeah. put your hand up my ass. Yeah. Which is kind of the uh, parody of, excuse me, of Slappy mm-hmm. right from the, uh, the 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 dummy from the Goosebumps series. Um, love this one. It was abs- Ben's hilarious. Like I said, love the uh, the Home Alone uh, reference right off the bat where he's explaining. He's like, he's like one this. And B this, which I never get sick of the, the buzz, uh, the buzz gag. D. Yeah, that's it. A two D. That I added. I love that bit. I do that bit all the time. Barely anyone catches it, so I'm always happy when someone does because that's my favorite joke uh, in that movie. Oh, great gag! Great gag. Um, and uh, <laughs> my other favorite line of this one I had to call out, which is um, only <laughs> this is when they're talking about it at the beginning before they even get into it. Only two type of people join Cooter Scouts. You're either dirt poor or your parent or, or their parents hate them. Which was <laughs> a great gag. Great, great line. Um, but yeah, Ben's Ben's story, you know, his dad uh kind of tells him this tells him the story about his great grandfather, and um uh you get this, you know, you get introduced to to Sloppy, which is like I said, is 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 the uh the the magical the magical dummy. I I wanted to ask because I didn't know the story, but I I, mo- I imagine there's something about it in the book which you're probably more familiar with, but the idea of there, it seemed like it was kind of a, maybe an inside joke or a callback around how sloppy became a magical dummy. As one point he says he was cursed by a wizard's ghost. And then another time says he was cursed by a goblin's dick, <laughs> which I don't know if they, if that, is that a reoccurring bit in the story? Yeah, or is that never, something that's added? Unless I I'm forgetting a part of it. You never find out sloppy's origins it's right. always just he makes yeah. something up every time <laughs> like he's on he's a magical living dummy but he's also kind of a grifter and he's trying yes. to get people to do awful yes. things you know uh kind of a gin yeah. kind of he's, thing he's essentially way. doing like the joker from the dark knight who always retells his origin story wrong <laughs> you know just to fuck with sure. people <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, I uh, I laughed out loud at the line when Ben is talking to his dad, and Ben's playing this like very. His name's Billy. The character's name is Billy. This very kind of naive. You know, I I think he mentions that he's six. I think yeah, he's supposed to be right, sixteen, yeah. right? Or, sixteen or, and a half. You said, yeah. Um, and he is, uh, but he's very naive, like a little bit childish, and he's like, Dad. I seriously thought you killed a toddler and like dressed him up in a little suit with a monocle. <laughs> that bit, I, mean, I, I, I lulled, I lulled at that. That was one. straight that was from great, the book. That whole, yeah, that was like unchanged was word for word. Yeah. yeah. I, I think a lot <laughs> yeah. of it is like Ben's delivery, but he has so many like lines that come across as almost, I think you should leave bits. 
because like mm-hmm. within within mm-hmm. that same scene after that is like he's storming off and his dad's telling him to brush his teeth and he's like i'm not 15 anymore i love dental hygiene <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I knew I, I knew and a half anymore. Yeah. A really, really funny uh, guy who could carry this story because most of the story is just Will and the dummy. So mm-hmm. I needed someone that was just talking, good yeah. at comedy. Um, originally in the book, it's a fat kid, and in the script, it was a fat mm-hmm. kid, and there was just a bunch of fat jokes. And I had to sit down with the authors mm-hmm. and say, like, "Hey, I'll try to audition this, but like, it's not going to be easy to to like." put out an audition call like hey are you chubby you gotta take this role where you make fun of yourself you know the thing you're probably the most insecure about mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah yeah lo and behold we only got like two <laughs> auditions from huskier actors and they weren't very good so i was like i gotta get a, a good actor for this like we need to rewrite this to not make fun of fat people that doesn't sell mm-hmm. that well and it's harder <laughs> to cast yeah and once i got the approval i was like ben i need you yeah yeah, if you can tap him on the shoulder, right? That that uh, yeah. will make things easier. Yeah, because he's the uh, the uh, the you know culmination. I won't spoil the whole thing, but ultimately, you know, there's the it culminates in uh, in Ben um, violently vomiting and shitting himself on stage, and um, <laughs> it's, oh no, now I'm peeing too. <laughs> Why would the laxative make him pee? It just, he just did. <laughs> just all his bodily functions yeah. are just going wild. Just, it just every time um, he's selling anything is just fantastic. I, I also wanted to point out, yeah. like in this little chapter, Steve, you have a great part as a flop sweat comedian. Which <laughs> thank you. That just, just yeah. the sweat all over your face and just the way you're trying to deliver is hilarious. And then uh, the yeah. the voice uh, the voice of Sloppy is actually also the voice of Duke from Carousel. So yes, just a, just a thing that you know a fun thing oh, for people to go. know about. Yeah, yeah. I um uh, I, when I watch that, you know, watch like a bit with somebody like flopping on stage and sweating and all that stuff and just crickets. <laughs> I worked at a comedy club in college and I saw that exact thing happen in real life so many times that it gives me like flashbacks when I'm like, you can be done now. Like, come <laughs> off the stage. <laughs> just somebody just up there telling street jokes, like reading them off a piece of paper. We'll move on here. The next one is a- Aliens uh, Wrecked Our Kegger, which Steve, you're you have a a a big part in along with uh with the gentleman who played smasher uh which we later learn is also tony um he uh he's a wrestler right yes he's a pro wrestler pb smooth paul bilbo yeah yeah enormous guy i don't know how tall he is six foot uh, nine I was going to say that's not kayfabe. That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's huge, um, which made the whole thing funnier because it was kind of like, you know, he was kind of the, you know, it was the uh, of mice and men duo a little mm-hmm. bit, if you will, early on. Like he didn't say a lot, you know, and then later, you know, when he was like affected by the aliens and then became like intelligent, then goes off the aliens. But it turns in the flowers for Al- Algernon. He gets smart. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but the uh, the the bit of uh, yeah uh, somebody who's enormous like and just towering over the like guy who's in charge yeah. is that's classic classic always going to be funny. Yeah, every framing is like every framing is Steve, you know, up the PB smooth, uh, you know, Pretty Boy Smooth's nipple, and then yeah. <laughs> and it looks like there's uh, one shot where I stood on a box because there was no way to get us both in the shot. Yeah. Otherwise, I was yeah. very much like, no, I want this to be very clear how much larger he is than me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's it's like uh, it's like the old cartoon of the big dog, little dog. 
you know? Yes. It is, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, uh, Lenny and, uh, and, uh, what's the guy from of mice and men, Carl, Lenny and Carl. Does that sound right? Uh, no, Lenny Carl from Simpsons. <laughs> Wait, what's the, Le- there's Lenny from mice and men and Lenny and George, the other guy's name, I, George, George. I like Lenny and Carl yeah. better. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> long story short, um, some aliens show up and, and kind of kind of intrude on the on the keg party on the beer Olympics at the fraternity house. Who who were the two who played the aliens? Because they they were fantastic. We had Blake O'Donnell, who has worked with me before on the Maui films. Uh, he's hilarious. He's also an amazing comedic actor. And once I had this script and I was like in charge of who I got to cast, I was like, Blake, will you do this? Like, give me an audition just to make sure. But you have this role. And I was right. Mm-hmm. And then Jessa, uh, Jessa Flux, you know, who is a very popular scream queen. Honestly, she's high in demand and she doesn't get to just mm-hmm. do straight up comedy roles that often. Yeah. So, yeah, they both had the physical thing down. I I offered like at, I, at first I was just talking to her about Madame Wanda and just say no. But then when I got the idea, I was like, wait, what if I made her zip zip? What if I made her mm-hmm. one of the aliens? And I was like, can you do this sort of like comedic thing? And she did this great audition over the phone live, like on the spot. I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, you're in. And yeah, she was fantastic. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask about her and uh, Pretty Boy Smooth, and we can come back to him in a minute. But oh. like I, I was looking at her IMDb and I, I actually see her pop up on my Twitter a bunch because Lloyd Kaufman's always retweeting stuff from her. Mm-hmm. Well, like if you look at her IMDb, she has like 14 credits. And then she has 14 upcoming credits. So, yeah, <laughs> so, like, but like, it looks like she is a part of like a new movement of just new low budget indie sleaze, which I really want to mm-hmm. watch. Like she has two movies that's not Carousel 3 that I want to see uh, Murder Size and Triple XS Christmas. They both yeah, look Murder Size is great. Yeah. Murder Size um, just either just came out or not, but I, I follow them. Uh, that, yeah, it just came out. Cause I just saw, I followed the, the, a uh, couple of the people involved with the project on Instagram and they were pr- promoting it. Some of the promo videos and stuff looked really, yeah. really funny. Jessa had a goal, uh, like last year where she wanted to act in a different movie every single month. So, <laughs> I think she hit it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to ask about pretty boy smooth though. Um, because for the people who aren't part of our Patreon and aren't watching, you know, live, you're wearing a Kenny Omega shirt. So you're quite obviously <laughs> a, a, a pro wrestling fan. And, you know, for yes. spoilers later in this segment, there was a showdown between the aliens and the frat guys and the aliens do a super Sentai pose and the frat guys uh-huh. do the entire DX 90s pose. <laughs> so basically, yeah, it's it's obviously <laughs> yeah. you're a fan of pro wrestling before you got into sh- before you did shingles. But like, did you know Pretty Boy Smooth before this or did no. you? So you met him? No, he auditioned. Yeah, we met on Shingles. Like I put out the casting call. He was just one of the auditions. Mm-hmm. Um, but we clicked because, especially with uh, who played Smasher, like I explicitly set up a private like uh, Discord or Zoom call. I forget what we used, just because it was so important that Clyde and whoever this actor was that we had good chemistry. Right. So mm-hmm. we called, we chatted for a bit, we did the scene, and then we just talked. I was like, yeah, this is the guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he can, he's going to be great. And, you know, we've stayed friends. You know, he came back. He was really excited to come back for Carousel 3. Did me a real solid, you know, doing that for, um, in such a short notice and such a short amount of time and really helped. And he 
you know, there's an action sequence in Carousel 3 where I asked him for help and he got in touch with a few of his pro wrestler friends and I have a couple pro wrestler friends. So it's like me versus five people who all know stunts and yeah. it came together really mm-hmm. well. And it was thanks to Paul. Um, but yeah, it did not know each other before shingles. So happy. He auditioned so happy. We cast him because he is fantastic. Yeah. I, I was just curious because you know, you guys do make a good tag team. <laughs> <laughs> but also I saw like the BTS of carousel three where like, you know, that you have the, uh, wrestling ring and everything going on so i just wondered uh-huh. you know how much you know how much you guys knew each other before this and how much that affected carousel three coming up yeah yeah didn't know each other at all but as soon as like he was doing such a great job on shingles once i had the character idea the for carousel three and who the character was that's when i pitched it to Aline that it would be pb because like if you guys remember carousel two right do you remember klaus right the Nazi yeah. that at one yeah. point pretended to be a hot oh. dog salesman mm-hmm. He was in so deep (laughs) that he had a family as Tom, the hot dog salesman and PB is his son. Oh God. The six foot nine (laughs) giant black gentleman is short, pasty, white, blonde, German Klaus's son. Nice. (laughs) Once I thought of the idea, I pitched it to a lead and she said, Oh my God. Yes. And once I pitched it to PB, he's like, Oh, let's get it. Let's go. Oh, that's awesome. I'm trying to I'm trying to like figure out what you guys' tag team would be called. And I just can't get away from the fact that there's no J in your name because PB and J would My be middle just, John. There's, there's there you go. Fucking A. There you go. There you go. Easy. Done. Fucking wrap it up. Um all right. Yeah, I uh, know, like, I, I did first traps because he his character is like being like the playboy. Like that, that's his character. So I would just that's show true. with the yeah, first yeah, trap yeah. belt and we would just both compete for women. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I loved uh, the the other bit that I just couldn't couldn't go without mentioning was everyone in the house's name is Tony. Mm-hmm. Was that part of the story? Was yeah. that something you, you guys added a book on? Thing, it- uh, there were actually a couple more Tonys in the script, but people kept on yeah. dropping out or I kept having to fire people because of their schedule or because of their attitude. Yeah. So it got to the point where I yeah. called the authors and dragons and said, hey, guys, hipster Tony fucking died. He's gone. <laughs> so that's a lot in the yeah, movie because that's-, that's what I had to do. In real life, Tony's gone. Yeah, no, that that was a great one. It's like <laughs> you know, like R.I.P. Because you got denim Tony, cool Tony, and hot Tony smooth who keeps Tony. spraying himself. Yeah. Tall oh, Tony. smooth Tony, that's right. Tall Tony, Siberian uh, Tony, then, uh, German Tony, the two good boys. Journey Tony. Were they, were they always dogs? No, the the, the uh, house that we shot in uh, belonged to who played tall tony and smooth tony and those are their dogs nice and they're so cute <laughs> yeah. i was like i'm gonna get these dogs in the movie baby yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah uh that that's a great one. i won't i won't spoil the ending of that one um we'll we'll jump into uh just just say no um so this is the one with buick right yeah. she's telling the story about uh uh you know she she's she's tasked with taking a yard gnome to the dump for a dollar she's trying to make some money yes. and uh, of course this gnome she learns um is a magic gnome that shits cocaine sentient killer because objects that, is now my fucking career is that i'm talking animals <laughs> yeah. i can't escape it you might be the sentient topic top, 
talking object guy now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this this one, uh, this one, you know what? It's got to be easier. That, I mean, given the, the option between shooting a sentient talking object and an animal, one's a lot easier than the other one. <laughs> I mean, between the two, yes, the object is easier, but the animals are still easier than most humans that I've worked with. So that's that's fair enough. Um, yeah, KSL yeah, is like the fastest shooting schedule because most of the movie is me and an object or a mascot suit. Nice. Yeah. Half the time is Carousel one. <laughs> Who did the uh because there was some great uh there were some really, really cool practical effects. The 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 drill eyeball spinning yeah. inside the skull yeah. in this one was really cool. Who did the uh practical effects? Uh, Cody Rook, uh, same guy who did uh, yeah. Carousel 1, 2, the demon dog from Meowie Halloween. He's back with us for mm-hmm. Carousel 3. Uh, we first started working together on my 2014 film, Red Christmas, which I think is my worst yeah. movie, but I'm glad I made it. Hey, got to do something. <laughs> well, that <laughs> gets started yeah, somewhere. Some one movie's got to be your worst movie. Um, no, that's that. That was such a cool effect. And there was some there was some uh, some other. Uh, just oh, yeah, I mean, he's really great. Great. He did. He made Dusty stuff. from scratch. Like that was an original design that he made. He made us like a half dozen Dusties. He made breakable Dusties. He made Dusties that were foam on the inside so we could throw it through the window and stuff like that. Mm. And a couple Dusties with mm-hmm. the face and then one Dusty with a tube through his ass so that we can the cocaine, <laughs> the powdered sugar in and just go. <laughs> Are you going to tell me you didn't use real cocaine? Because that's we did very unhomely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did yeah, not have that much of a budget. You just ruined the movie magic. Now you're breaking kayfabe. She <laughs> 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 just insisted it was. Yes, we bought uh, and the budget guys. When you talk to the the authors and twenty million dollars. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry guys, our coke budget just went through the fucking roof. Um, yeah, uh, and uh, you know, just to get a little teaser on this one, uh, ultimately. Um, they do take the cocaine shitting gnome to an SM S and M hot dog shop. Yes. Uh, after making uh, another redneck uh, snort cocaine out of his asshole. So uh-huh. if that if if you're listen if you got you don't get any plants Friday night. <laughs> I'm just saying. That was um, one of my favorite changes uh, from the script slash and the book is that that the S and M waiter was supposed to be very hypersexual. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like this was supposed to be, he's really into it. And like, he's basically like being very sexual to this character. That's supposed to be a kid. Um, mm-hmm. And I pitched and thankfully they agreed. I pitched the idea is like, okay, what if I don't change any of the lines, mm-hmm. but this is a script that corporate forces him to read and he fucking hates it. <laughs> yeah it's like a theme restaurant no, yeah. yeah he's not into this this is just his job and they like the idea and i think it's way funnier as this guy's just like welcome to and like that's that's his tone the whole fucking scene and i'm glad because yeah. it was it's way funnier to me <laughs> yeah no that was great and of course he's wearing like you know snm gear like a yeah. pentagram uh chest strap mm-hmm. thing and everything it's it's great um yeah, so I, I won't, uh, you know, because there, there's a, there's then kind of a wrap up to the wrap around yes. where, uh, you know, and then you get a a, a, a a story within the story that you think is real. And then ult- the the uh, the one thing I would assume is a bigger part of the of the book uh, or books, I'm going to assume is is the Scoutmaster, Scoutmaster or Scout Leader? Leader, Gary. I guess. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think is his uh, official name. Um, yeah. yeah, I and don't I know guess how the, the, much Gary is a returning character specifically, but I know that Cooter Scouts is in several of the books. 
I know Hello mm-hmm. Titty is in a lot of the books, so it was very important. <laughs> that was one of the first questions I got from these fans, was just like, is Hello Titty in the movie? And we just showed the sign, and they're like... <laughs> Um, also, Boner Bob's lube, or like industrial lube, is in the books a lot. And I try to get that in the movie, and we actually made the prop and we shot the scene where Jimmy pours the lube onto the ground to make zombies slip. But it looked absolutely terrible, like embarrassingly bad, so I just cut it and I feel bad. But it did make it into the card game shingles, the movie, the game. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, that's right. You did say that. I think you mentioned that before that, that there was going to be at that time at least a yeah. shingles the movie the game. Because yeah, I love Street um, Fighter the movie the game. That title makes me laugh all the time. Yeah. So I saw the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 the board game equivalent of wine that's in a bag and then that bag is in a box. <laughs> exactly. You know, but <laughs> it was a video game that got made into a movie, but then that movie got made into a. But game. Ha- Hairspray um, was a movie and then became a musical, but then that musical got turned into a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm currently working yeah. on the video game adaptation of that. Um, that was, um, yeah, so uh, that, that was my other question. Uh, I was, uh, you beat me to it, but is there any other things that, you know, I know not knowing a ton about Shingles the Book series, I do know that, you know, that there's a lot of fans around it, a lot of people oh. that are super into it and engaged with that world. Was there any other characters that they were like, if you guys make another one, or I know you mentioned one of the stories that was going to be really expensive or any other characters or nods or anything. They were like, we got to put in, in another movie if we make it. Uh, the one, I mean, the the character the fans were most excited for was Jimmy Headshot going into it, which was cool. And that put a lot of pressure on Ian, yeah. which again, this was his first time he was acting in more than like just a yeah. small play. Jenny at least is, was like more experienced with doing a lot of stage plays and musicals, even though this was her first mm-hmm. feature film. But Ian was like coming in real green and now he had all the expectations of <laughs> these fans. Uh, but after we were wrapping on the first one, the character, the Shingles fans kept said the most they want to see in the sequel is jesus apparently jesus is a recurring character in the shingle series um, sure, sure. and i'll do that i don't care uh but i don't know how they would do that in the script uh i don't know if i, yeah. I, mean, I don't know if there's going to be shingles too i know that they're doing pretty decently yeah um I, I, they're not getting rich because this is independent cinema, right. but they're doing pretty decently. So there, it may be on the docket, but I don't want to make any promises. Well, fingers crossed, yeah, and we can nice. hope for we can hope for the best and hope for more. Cause... It helps that they're also selling books. Right. It helps that you know they have it's other avenues. It's not just the movie. So if they're also seeing an increase in book sales in addition to what the movie sales are, I think we're in a good yeah. spot. But you know, balls in their court. Yeah, there's got to be a halo effect them. there, right? That's yeah. the hope. Like they, no, when I, even they were pitching the movie idea to me, they were like, "Yeah, we know like it's hard to make your money back on a film, especially when it's an indie with no names." But mm-hmm. you know, we kind of want this to be advertising for the books because this will be on streaming forever. Mm-hmm. You know, for years and years and years, people will be discovering it at Halloween time or whatever. I'm like, yeah, that's they. They came at me with like a good mindset. It wasn't like someone that. Like, I got an idea for a movie. We're going to use a million dollars and hire Tom Cruise, and then we're going to be billionaires. No, like, it was a very realistic and correct mindset that they approached me with, which is another big reason why I was very willing to do this and excited for it because they knew what to expect. They kind of knew what they were aiming for. And Mm -hmm. it was goals that I believe we have been able to accomplish and hopefully will continue to accomplish. So they were they were prepared to run a marathon and not a sprint. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And and also just view it as that that tertiary marketing for the brand at Mm -hmm. large. Right. Mm -hmm. I would never know. 
I well, obviously this is a weird circumstance because we know you and you're on the show, but um, I would never know what Shingles was without seeing this movie, right? right? But now I'm interested in it. Now I've seen the movie. Now you know so and and loving weird books. Like I will most likely check them out at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a it's a, it's a and on uh, Amazon for pretty cheap uh, for so a thinking like, initiative. It's an easy gamble to make, I guess. Yeah. yeah. What, what about the uh, uh, you know we talked about Carousel three. What what else is you know anything else coming down the pike or anything else you're kind of excited about or getting your uh, creative juices flowing uh, well, in the future here? Well, I release Carousel 3. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> What's next? Don't next take thing. a breath. Don't I, take I, a I breath. I made the whole movie in the past. Like We wrote it in February. We raised the money in April. I shot it in June. I cut it in July, and now it's out. That's the new yeah. thing. There's nothing else after <laughs> that right now. <laughs> All right. Well, talk to us. Talk to us about about Carousel 3. Um, You know, what what's what was kind of, you know, obviously, as you, you know, progress this franchise um, and and the sequels and everything around it, like, are are there some things, you know, without giving away spoilers or anything, some things that, you know, you were like when you were thinking back, making the first movie, boy, it'd be really cool if we could do this, that you Mm -hmm. got to kind of real realize that in the in the third in, installment yeah i mean uh so like the parasol one first touched paper in 2014 we weren't able to make the movie till 2016 because of you know the lack of financing um but w- then by the time we made it to set we knew the story of carousel 2 not page for page but like we knew what the story was we knew the least about carousel 3 except for one word consequences mm. We wanted mm-hmm. Carousel 3 to be about the consequences of what Duke had been doing before he turned a new leaf. Because that's kind of like the theme and the message and the idea of Carousel 3 is like, you if you're a bad person, you don't have to be a bad person forever. You can change your ways. You can be a better person. That's valid. That's a good thing. But at the same time, the people you hurt don't go away. Like your sins don't disappear. They still exist. People are still hurt by them. People can still obsess with that. So how do we deal with that? Mm. Uh, One of the early ideas for Carousel 3 was it was going to be a team of killer objects that Duke would have to fight, you know, just to increase the threat level. Uh, But like we weren't married to it. We weren't really into it. We were like, oh, what would the objects be? Yada, yada, yada. And then because the fans never leaving me alone since 2016 <laughs> begging for joe to be back is joe dead joe can't be dead joe can be alive joe 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 and i finally said in my brain okay he's back but you're not gonna like it but that kind of mm. made the story come together perfectly because now joe is the personification of consequences joe made it out joe lost someone that he cared about deeply and watched duke kill a lot of people that were pieces of shit in cartoon characters, but in real life didn't deserve execution for their crimes. Um, and he took his eye. And so we had, right. <laughs> and then, yeah, Joe has lost his eye. So Joe is hyper-focused on revenge. He is obsessing over, he's been training with Mascot to be the new agency to become Cowboy Cold. But they is even though he's one of the most talented in the agency now, He's so crazy about wanting to kill Duke, even though the agency knows Duke isn't a Nazi. They don't have to worry about Duke. He's helping them now. Joe doesn't fucking care. Joe is still focused on that. He's trying to hold back because he knows he's a good guy now. I'm doing air quotes, but like (laughs) Joe doesn't trust that. He absolutely believes that Duke can wipe out 
every human being on the planet and and joe is ready to stop that and at the same time we meet our new main villain which is another killer object another volunteer of the axis usagi who's in a carousel rabbit body mm. <laughs> and she has been absorbing and taking the power of other killer objects, like a bunch of the other ones we haven't seen yet. You know, we see maybe some other ones in this one. We had the Detective Duck prologue, which was about a loaf of bread uh, killer object. Um, but she is like, she's taking pieces from all these other objects to become a god again, because they're all pieces of an old god pieces of a hole and she wants to make that hole again so duke is now dealing with usagi who is insane with power and wants to rule the universe and joe who just wants to hurt duke because duke hurt him and the movie is about just duke dealing with those two threats at the same time while also making sure robbie stays safe i am i am reminded of two movies listening to you so far jet Li's the one and uh a history of violence <laughs> So there's <laughs> the movie does end with Usagi on a prison plane. And she says, um, I'm nobody's bitch. You are mine. Sick, sick. And, and then we <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, uh, my biggest inspiration for this film. And it'll be very obvious when you watch it is Batman v Superman. Mm -hmm. the, the concept of, you know, Duke isn't necessarily Superman in the sense that he was a hero, but he his actions had these massive widespread consequences. And Joe is definitely like the more Bruce Wayne just lost his fucking mind over it. Mm -hmm. You know, like this is what's been driving him for five years now, like ever since the events of Carousel one. And it, it comes together really well. You know, I think this script is the best thing that I've written, in my opinion. I love the characterization. I love the pacing. I love the way I tell the story. And I've done a, I did one screening for the Silver Spotlight Discord and the fans loved it. Like they ate it up. And so far, the people that have been watching the digital link that I sent them, if they supported the Kickstarter, you know, I mean, Letterboxd already has like a bunch of four and a half, five star reviews from very genuine people that are just like, I'm not kidding about this rating. Like this is phenomenal. This series is fantastic. People like one guy outright said that like every single entry is better than the last, in my opinion, but they're all so different. Mm -hmm. You know, like none of these carousel movies feel like the same genre. None of them feel like the same movie. And yet they all work so well because there is a story arc. There are character arcs. There are motivations. There are conclusions. And to me, that was really important because I'm not saying I'm never going to make a carousel again. I'll make 10 of these if people keep on buying them. <laughs> but this was always intended to be the ending of this story arc. Right. And mm. if this is the last carousel that I make, which it may be, I don't know what the future is. I may make 10 more. This might be it. Um, I did want this to feel conclusive. And so far, the feedback I've been getting from people is it is. It feels like a perfect ending for carousel, for people that like the first two movies, the people that care about these characters. This is everything you would want from an ending it answers most of the questions it doesn't really leave any questions open you know like there's some world building but it's not like explicitly a sequel setup or anything yeah yeah yeah, yeah this is uh, th these movies are so fun and I'm, I'm so i'm so looking forward to the third one i'll probably i'll probably uh watch it this weekend to be honest with you i haven't Hell yeah. uh, i haven't watched it yet but but we're I'm, I'm looking forward to it and go go uh go watch like do yourself a favor watch watch the first two um, it's it's really fun. 
they're they're all yeah. super fun and and especially if you've listened to us talk about the other two already. Yeah. And, and it's one of the great if you folks at home no, no i was gonna go say ahead, steve yeah i was just gonna say it's, it, it's one of the great parts about you know indie cinema is that you know yeah maybe the budget isn't there for the most polished effects but you know, you can hear Steve talking about it right now. Like he folk, he does have a focus on his script and his characters come through. Like when we talked about Carousel 2, we couldn't get over how like endearing Robbie is. And like, it's too cute and it's too like, you know, endearing, but it actually tugs at your heartstrings, but you're just looking at a silly little puppet. But uh, that's what it is when you actually care about what you're making versus, Uh you know, a lot of people who just make a fucking movie and they, either they don't know what they're doing or they don't care about what they're doing. And that's how you get yeah. a lot of things on Tubi. But I, you know, it, it, Steve wouldn't be on this show if we didn't actually like what he does and think it deserves I a spotlight. <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah. there's two things I'll say to that when it comes to like people not caring is that one, um, I've noticed a cares hell cycle uh, that keeps happening. Uh, someone who doesn't watch independent horror will discover Cares Hell like first mm-hmm. and like tweet about how bad it is and how awful it is and like make fun of it. And then uh, they start watching other independent cinema. And then like a couple months later, they come back and say, so I was far too harsh on Cares Hell <laughs> uh, because this is way better than everything I've watched since. Um, and it is. It's because I care about telling a real story with real characters. And like I still make live action cartoons. Don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. like there still needs to be motivation and drive in this world, in this story with these characters. Otherwise, why do you care? There are definitely some horror fans that hate Carousel, too, because there's not enough killing. Um, <laughs> they just wanted killing. I'm just like, I'm not the filmmaker for you, pal. Like, I like killing, too. But like, that's not why I'm making these. If you just want the same fucking movie five times in a row countless indie guys are doing that yeah mm-hmm. um and similarly uh just because it's a story that happened again at this last convention i was a guest at i'm not gonna name any names mm-hmm. at all but uh people were coming up to me and just being like oh yeah congrats on winning the you know best amityville award so you know what's the next what's your next amityville movie gonna be and i'm just like there isn't a next amityville movie <laughs> i made a joke <laughs> I made my point. That's it. What fucking loser is going to make like four or five Amityville movies? Am I right, yeah. fellas? <laughs> uh, like, I can't imagine being so... And like, maybe they're passionate about it. I don't know them personally. You know, I don't know the other guys that make multiple Amityville movies. You know, this is coming off a of shit talk, but I'm kind of playing it up for the character. Like, mm-hmm. they may genuinely... Like, they want to make their name in the Amityville movies genuinely. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like I can't imagine that mindset of just like, yep, this is my career. I'm just going to make a bunch of movies in this fake franchise. Yeah. And barely try and never go past that. Like there's there's a reason why mine won. Right. Compared to the mm-hmm. like guys that made more than one Amiibo, even up to that point. Like there was like a legitimate passion. I was telling a real Christmas romantic comedy film that people appreciated the joke and the characters of. And like so many reviewers on Letterboxd or on YouTube or anywhere, when they're watching on the Amityville's, 99 times out of 100, they get to mind, they're just like, this one actually cared. This one actually cared about its story. This one actually cared about the characters. It wasn't funny to me. It wasn't my cup of tea or anything like that. But they're still just like, this is seriously one of the best. Yeah that exists because of that 
And to me, that's the bare minimum. There's no budget when it comes to that. That's in the fucking script. That is you by yourself with infinite money and imagination at your computer desk writing a script. And if you can't even get to the point of caring about your own characters, about your own story and telling something that has a reason to exist. And I'm not talking make fucking. I can't even think of a classic off the top of my head. Uh, you, I'm not saying make a classic masterpiece like Revenge of the Fallen or something, but <laughs> like just put in the effort and the passion that when people walk away from your movie, that they walk away with more than just, yeah, that hang on the kills. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of horror fans, that's all they want. And I've alienated, you know, some of my audience members from the first Cares Hell. But at the end of the day, I think that's what's going to make the Cares Hell movies last longer that's what makes the amiable christmas vacation last longer and like my other stuff that it's not just that which could be replaced by one of any dozen of other films that are doing the same thing yeah those are the types of movies that are gonna be you know written by ai soon you know what i mean Mm -hmm. the ones that are just formulaic and you know listen i'm not a a filmmaker i'm a film film fan but uh you know i fancy myself an artist at least and i like to create things and you know, that's the kind of um, thing that I always like. I try to remind myself as my true north, even if I'm not doing it professionally, is just make it for myself mm-hmm. and then the rest will take care of it. Like, if I don't like it, how am I going to convince someone else that yeah. it's right. genuine? You know what I mean? There is no. a balance. Like, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. When I'm still making stuff, there's still like the it. ideas of like, I got to market this. I have to actually be able to sell this. But exactly mm-hmm. what you said, if I don't like it, I'm not making this movie. You know, like the yeah. people that said Carousel 2 should have just been more killing is like, well, then Carousel 2 wouldn't exist because I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that the sequel is just the same thing again. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it, I think it, you know, I think it surprised us, but also like, you know, like we already said, like the characters are just far more endearing that time around. And so like it does make you care and it makes you interested. And then now that the there is a third one and we know that there's finality to it, then it makes us want to continue on watching it. So. Please let me know what you guys think once you do watch oh, it. Oh, for sure. You know, especially sure. when I'm here, especially when I hear a no of the people that like really got Carousel Two and really appreciated it. Mm-hmm. That's who I'm most excited to hear from <laughs> on Carousel Three. And for those of you listening at home, if you haven't seen the Carousel films but you like physical media, I do have a trilogy set on the <laughs> store, which is basically buy two good, buy two movies, get one free, and you'll get all three Carousels. Yeah. For the price of two Carousels, so Carousel.com, baby. Yeah, it's like the Criterion cr- Collection, but Carousel. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Yeah, I, uh, I I hear you. No more, no more uh, um, Amity Mill movies. But I absolutely refuse to believe you will not make any more Christmas movies. Oh, um, I'll be I'm making more Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I I could like my plan for twenty twenty four is to sit down and do nothing unless I get hired for something. Because again, like I made Carousel two. Two months after release, pre-production on Shingles. While Shingles was being edited, I made Amityville, and then Shingles came out March of this year, and then I immediately was making Carousel 3, which just came out. I want a break. Mm. But yeah. I, even yeah, yeah. during that break, I could see myself doing another like weekend $300 Christmas romantic comedy in 2024. <laughs> I'm not promising it, but I could see me doing that at least. Yeah. So- Sounds like well, you're uh, you're not promising it, but we'll be disappointed if yeah. you don't do it. So, uh, the, no, it kidding. sounds like you're owed like three martini shots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> all right well thank you so much this was a lot of fun as always uh super excited to watch uh carousel three and i'm sure we'll talk about it uh on the show and uh once again uh tell the folks you know you mentioned carousel.com for that trilogy where where else can they find some of these movies including uh well shingles the movie is on uh, the shingles shingles, shingles the movie.com right? shingles the movie.com yeah. yeah and uh and 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 where else can they find you on social media and all that good stuff yeah. Uh, again, my entire web store is uh, silverspotlightfilms.com. That's all my DVDs, Blu-rays, the card games, posters. Uh, I'm going to try to do a uh, carousel vinyl next year as well, but that's going to be pre-order only because when I did the Silver Spotlight 10-year anniversary vinyl, I sat on the last three for like a full year, and I don't want to do that mm. again. Um, <laughs> um, all of my movies are also on my digital subscription platform on Patreon, stevebuster.com. For $2.99 a month, you get all of my movies plus a couple of shorts that I made specifically for the service. And for $4.99, you get all of the bonus features, all of the behind-the-scenes stuff that was from like every single release I've ever had, plus a bunch of exclusives um, that are only on the service, plus uh, several of my much older films that I think are embarrassing and make me want to kill myself. But they're on there because <laughs> the fans asked for them. Uh, but they're only in the in the four ninety nine batch, and that's always also how you get access to the Silver Spotlight Films Discord, where we you know we hang out, we chat, sometimes we watch movies together, or it'll be secret little behind the scenes stuff. Like on Friday, I did a surprise Carousel three premiere for just the Discord. Um. And on socials, on Instagram, it's at Dark Mullet. On Facebook, it's Steve Radzinski. And I think on Twitter or X, mm. um, it's uh, I think it's Steve Radzinski. Yeah. It's been a while. I, I just forget what my at handle is. If you search Steve Radzinski, you'll fucking find me. Yeah, I was gonna say, just search it. That's what we, I used to say all the all the stuff for Halloween is forever. Is that Halloween pod there? And I'm like, just put Halloween is forever. It'll fucking come up, guys. Come on, yeah, too, many, yeah. too many platforms now. But definitely check out Steve and check out his movies. Uh, we we love and they're them all and, on Tubi we too. Love having you on. And they are on Tubi as well. Um, so um, yeah, we 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 love your work. We love having you on the show. And and thanks again for joining us. And hopefully you'll uh, so hopefully you'll grace us with our, your presence again down the road. Maybe when, that, maybe, when that, um, maybe when that maybe when that maybe when that romantic Christmas comedy that you just promised said comes out. When a weeaboo Christmas comes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It doesn't work out All because right, the love friend. interest is into lollies. Mm. And Wally can't get into that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you once again. This is a blast. Uh Steven, we'll 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 talk to you soon. Thank yeah, you for thanks. your time. Thanks for having me.